for listening to Trekker Talk, a fan podcast devoted to the adventures of 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the pages of Trekker Comics by creator, writer, and artist Ron Randall. I'm Darren. And I'm Ruth. Let's start with a brief introduction. Those of you who have listened before will be familiar with this, but we'll go over things briefly for those listening for the very first time. This is a fan podcast, and the opinions expressed are just ours. Please consider visiting TrekkerComic.com. That's Ron Randall's official site dedicated to Mercy St. Clair, which features a new page of Trekker material each Monday. We hope everyone is reading and enjoying the new Volstock payoff storyline. So far, it's a moody noir mystery with a color palette that perfectly fits the tone of the story. Also at the Trekker Comic website, you'll find interesting posts on Thursdays. That's where Ron Randall often shares inspirations and insights into how he creates comics. Last week, he shared a photo of recent and current sci-fi comics that he likes, and he wrote of the importance of being exposed to fresh ideas and quality stories. Check it out and see if you're familiar with any of the titles that he shared there. You will also find links to all the ways to follow Ron Randall on social media, including links for Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and of course, his Patreon page, where if you want, you can donate to help support the creation of brand new Trekker material. During this podcast, we'll sometimes refer to page numbers related to the story, especially when we're taking a closer look at the art. Trekker has been published in many formats over time, including individual issues of a solo series, specials, and multi-part stories in the anthology series Dark Horse Presents. For our references, we use page numbers from the Trekker Omnibus. This is a collection that was published in 2013. It includes all of the Trekker material up to that point in time. We've chosen to use the Trekker Omnibus since it is easily available and can be found at a good price. It's available in print and a graphic novel collection, or you can download a digital copy from Comixology, the Dark Horse Comics app, and also from the Amazon Kindle store. If you happen to own the books on any of these digital formats, please consider taking a moment to rate the books in the hopes of encouraging new readers to give the books a try. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the story Vincent's Share, which was featured in issues 20 and 21 of Dark Horse Presents. And later in the episode, we'll share some of the great comments and feedback we've received since last time. If you've heard this show before, odds are you've heard me say I believe the show is more fun for everyone when we hear from you. It's true. So please write in and let us know your thoughts about Trekker. Tell us your thoughts about the stories and the art. I'm always interested to know how others discover the series and what they like best. And feel free to point out anything we've missed and share additional points of view on the art, characters, and plot. So listen at the end of the episode for ways to contact us, and we'll be sure to include your comments in a future episode. Plus, when we were at Baltimore Comic Con, we got four color prints of Trekker Mercy St. Clair autographed by Ron Randall that we're going to give away over the next four episodes. So listen at the end of the show to learn how you can enter to win one of these four autographed prints. Vincent's Share is an 18-page story that was published in two parts in Dark Horse Presents issues 20 and 21, which both had a cover date of August 1988. The story appears in the Trekker Omnibus from pages 189 to 208. The story is in black and white and is written and illustrated by Ron Randall with letters by Ken Brusnack. Our Trekker, Mercy St. Clair, was featured on the cover to Dark Horse Presents issue 21, which is used as the cover to the story in the omnibus. The story opens in the year 2226 on Gamma 7, which we're told is a dead-end outpost in the far end of one of the many chains of satellite colonies strung throughout the stars. We see Roger Vinson, and he's on the trail of the Pisces gang that we heard about several issues ago. In the background, we see the uniform of another trekker we know well. A cape unfurls behind Vincent, wrapping around his torso, and then a pair of hands jerk on the cloth, pulling Vincent off balance. 
Mercy St. Clair puts a gun in Vincent's face and demands the credits he owes her. Vincent can't believe Mercy has tracked him all the way to Gamma 7, but quickly tries to explain he planned to pay her back. Then we get a flashback of Jason Bolt dropping Mercy off on Gamma 7. Not surprisingly, the two are arguing about their personal beliefs about vengeance, and Bolt is telling her that it always ends badly. We're back with Mercy and Roger Vincent. He's explaining to her that he has something better than the 15,000 credits he owes her. It turns out he's still working on the same job from when they first met. He had to leave New Gallif quickly because he overheard a conversation about Dacon and knew it would lead him to the Pisces gang. Vincent's been keeping an eye on the Pisces gang, knowing he couldn't take them down alone. But now that Mercy has arrived, he's confident the two of them can take them down together. He tells Mercy this lead can turn their payoff into five times the original amount promised. Mercy doesn't trust Vincent, but the truth is she's broke, and a chance at 75,000 credits is difficult to pass up. In New Gallif, Lasmusi and his gang have visitors who are demanding to know who pinned Rikaviki. Lasmusi is being particularly polite and patient while telling his guests he can't help them. A moment later, threats are exchanged and Lasmusi throws out his guests. Things are going to get bad because those men work for Gatefish Strauss, and he knows they'll eventually track things back to Mercy St. Clair. Back on Gamma 7, Mercy and Vincent are at Kovo's bar, and he's still defending his motives, saying he didn't welsh on their deal, but rather invested their payoff into a bigger deal. The two get quiet when Dacon walks in with Tommel, who Vincent says is on the most wanted list. Mercy and Vincent follow the two Pisces gang members. Mercy has to admit that Vincent knows the streets so well that they're able to follow without fear of being noticed. The Pisces gang members lead them down below street level, where Mercy and Vincent see that Dacon has the access codes to enter the underground power flow corridors, where a maintenance sled awaits them. Vincent hopes there's enough time for him and Mercy to follow on foot, otherwise the two of them will be blasted out of existence by the power flow exchanges. Our heroes race down the corridor as the sounds of the power flow controls restarting echo around them. Leaping at the last possible moment, the two manage to jump to safety. Hiding in the shadows, the two see the Pisces gang plan in operation. They're transferring the minds of known criminals into crude android bodies so the androids can travel off-planet. Meanwhile, the bodies are shipped in frozen storage to be reunited with their owners' minds once outside of the system. Mercy and Vincent split up to get into position. Vincent gives the signal, and the two easily surprise the gang. Moments later, Mercy and Vincent are locking up the gang members in a vac chamber to hold them until the police arrive. But Tommel in his android body decides to run at Mercy instead. She puts three shots into him, but he keeps coming and knocks her down and then turns on Vincent. Vincent's shots are equally ineffective. Tommel turns to free the other gang members and Vincent jumps him from behind. Tommel grabs Vincent and plunges his powerful android fist into Vincent's face. Mercy rips a large metal bar from some nearby equipment and slams the bar over Tommel's android head. Seemingly unfazed, he turns toward Mercy, who swings the metal bar wide and hard, cleaving the head from the android body. Mercy races to Vincent, telling him not to move and telling him he'll be okay. Vincent tells her not to kid a kidder, and then says it all works out because this time, she gets the whole reward. Mercy looks on solemnly as Vincent's hand drops to the ground, leaving her sitting silently in the shadows. 
On the trip back to Earth, Mercy stares out into the stars, remembering Bolt's warning about revenge, and wonders, was her chasing after Vincent the cause of his death? I must say, this story is a clear example of what a great writer Ron Randall is. We spent very little time with Roger Vincent earlier in the series, and yet here in 18 pages, he makes us truly care about and grieve for this wayward trekker by the end of the story. I agree with you, Darren. I was really sad to see see how that ended because I did care for that character. Well, let's take a quick page flip back through the story. All right, so the story starts on page 191 with a great view of Gamma 7, a city covered in transport tubes. And I love the way Mercy is hiding in the shadows and the way she uses her cape to capture Vincent. And it reminds me of our interview with Ron Randall last episode where he talked about creating the Trekker uniform and that very cape. Yeah, I loved hearing him talk about that. And as we flip over to page 192, we get a great splash page, title page of Mercy and Vincent, and I love the use of shadows on this page. Yeah, it's a very dramatic scene there. I like how Ron Randall managed not only to show the emotion on the full-face view of Mercy, but also on the face of Vincent. And although we see less than half of his face, it's not quite in a profile even, he really looks surprised and startled. And then I'll turn over to page... Let's see, 194 next, where we get a flashback of Bolt dropping Mercy off on Gamma 7. And that bridges the previous story to this story and provides some really nice foreshadowing there. I like the silhouettes in motion on that bottom left corner. Nice touch. Oh, I definitely agree. And then if we flip over to page 195, I love the panel at the top of the page of Mercy watching Bolt's ship launch back into space. That is a nice scene. And over on the next page, we see a flashback of what caused Vincent to leave New Gallif so quickly. And if we flip on through then, we get to page 198, where we spend a little bit of time on New Gallif with Laz Moosey again. I'm always happy to see him. We're getting a little bit more foreshadowing of problems ahead for Mercy St. Clair. And then we're right back on Gamma 7 as Vincent and Mercy start their investigation, which crosses from the end of part one into part two of the story. And then talking about the beginning of part two, as we flip on over to page 201, we get a few panels inside those transport tubes that we saw in the cityscape at the very beginning of the story. And I really like the perspective there. That is just so well done. I'm going to page, let's see, 202 next, where there's a great sequence of Mercy and Vincent racing down the power flow tubes. I like the use of the long horizontal panels that give a feeling of running and the way the building and sound effects increase the tension. I agree. I love that page. And then if we flip on over to page 203, we get another great use of black and white to create a feeling of depth and perspective as Vincent and Mercy are hiding in the shadows at the top of the page. And I'm going over to the center of page 204. That's another great example of Ron Randall's command of body movements. Mercy really looks like she is in control here. Yeah, I like that pose of her there on the uh, right side on the center of the page. And then we get the battle with the android version of Tommel, which continues for a couple of pages and sadly does not end well. And Mercy looks truly horrified in the picture at the top of page 207 when she sees Vincent's bloodied body laying on the ground. Then by the bottom of page 207, she looks like a concerned nurse. And by the top of page 208, she looks so heartbroken. Yes, I agree with what you're saying there, Ruth. So many changes in expression and so much emotion in those panels over those two pages. Very sad. 
And then the story ends with this stunning reflection of Mercy's face in the viewport window as she solemnly stares out into the stars during her trip back to Earth. All right, so next let's talk about our favorite pages and panels. Let's start with pages first. Ruth, what were yours? Okay, I've got mine lined up here. Let's go to page 202. The action in the scenes here is conveyed so well, and I often gloss over sound effects, but these stand out and fit the feel of the page, so I think that added a lot to the visuals there. I agree. And my winner for this time round is page 208. Go over to there. And last page, closing page of the story, where I do also love that reflection of mercy in the window and also seeing all of the stars, the planets, the spaceship. And this really resonates with the love I have for science fiction. So it's my favorite. Very nice page. I can understand why you chose it. So I am going to make us turn back to very early in the story to page 192. So let's take a moment and do that. All right, so I am finally on page 192, which is the title page. It's a great splash page. Mercy is completely in control here. Her weapon is pulled. It's in Vincent's face. Her left arm has her cape wrapped around him and has him pushed back against the wall. I love the shadows and the light. I love the cityscape in the background. It's just a great, stunning title page. I agree with you. And then I'm sadly going to make us flip way back to the very end of the story. Uh, okay. How far? What's the oh, number Oh, I'm sorry. Again? Page 208. Okay. So the very end of the story, the last page. Okay, I got it. Is the one that you chose as your favorite page. So it is my runner-up page for all the same reasons that you named. There's so much emotion here from Vincent's death scene at the very start of the page, that terrible expression on Mercy's face at the top center, the wonderful silhouette there in the top right, the great spaceship scene there in the middle. I love Ron Randall's ships. And then that uh, beautiful, gorgeous reflection of Mercy's face in the viewport there at the very bottom. And then for my winning page, I'm sadly going to make us flip again. Okay. I didn't. I chose these in the order of my preference, not in the order that they came. So back to page 202. Uh, I have it. Yes. Uh. Now, I think this was your runner-up, so this is my favorite. I really loved everything about this page. The scene of Mercy and Vincent racing down the power flow corridor. It's a great variety of body movements, angles, perspectives, different panel sizes, excellent use of black and white, and the sound effects that you mentioned that really build up tension. I just loved everything about this page. It's easily my favorite. Okay, so we're very much in agreement on these favorite pages here. Okay, let's take a look at favorite panels next, and I will have you go to page 197 for the bottom center panel. There's a great headshot, and actually it includes a gun, so it's a head and gun shot of Mercy. But what makes it stand out to me is how he cropped both sides, so we only see a narrow segment of this drawing, which I think emphasizes the tilt of her head and the very serious look on her face. And now for another panel of mine that was a favorite, uh, 193, the bottom left corner. Got to get to that page. And there I want to point out the distant shot of the silhouette. It's so small, but the body positions are just right to reflect the continuity of the scene. It's tiny and it's accurate. It gives great variety to the sequences, and because the camera, so to speak, has pulled back, We get to see the commuters walking in the station and buying tickets, giving more atmosphere to the city. And then my very favorite panel will be found on page 200. It's in the bottom left. 
And there is great use of shadow and light that emphasizes the danger, kind of spy moment. And Mercy's head is tilted down, so the angle is unusual. And that's part of why I like Ron Randall's art. There's really so much variety to be had. Very nice selection. I really like those. And so now let's move on with my favorite panels. If we go with my third favorite panel, it's all the way back on the very first page of the story. It's the wonderful scene of Mercy's cape whipping out from the background and getting ready to wrap around Vincent. I really like the perspective in that panel, and I love the nice little touches. For instance, if you look at the left side of the panel, you can see the shadow of Vincent and the shadow of Mercy's cape just coming up behind his head. Oh, I like it. I see it, and I can't say that I really noticed that when I read through this. Yeah, I really like that touch. So if we go on then to page 195... Okay, I have it. We get my runner-up favorite panel, which is the panel of Mercy watching Bolt's ship fly off of Gamma 7. It's a great view of Mercy, a great view of the ship, and a great view of the city all in one panel. Mm-hmm. It is great. And then for my winning panel, we're going to go all the way back to page 208. Last page of the story, I think. That's right. And here we get the scene, Vincent has just died, and we get this amazing panel that's in the upper right corner, a panel from far back in the distance, looking at a small silhouette of Mercy slumped over Vincent's body. She just looks completely alone in her grief and so small. I just really like the perspective and the shadow and light in that panel. Mm -hmm. It's amazing how the art can bring so much emotion to the stories. Great, great panel. It's time for Who's Who when we talk about significant characters from the stories and get to know them a little better. We don't look ahead because we don't want to spoil the stories for anyone reading them for the first time. That means we'll revisit characters over time as we learn more things about them. Mercy St. Clair is a bounty hunter known as a trekker. She lives in Antari Alley, which is a bad part of New Gellif. She spends most of her money on weapons for her job and food for her pet Scuff, which is a dox. And that's a cross between a dog and a fox. But we don't see Scuff in this issue. We met Jason Bolt early in the series. He gave Mercy the nickname Firecracker, and she countered giving him the nickname Space Case. He works for Rigel, an activist group that doesn't believe in killing. The two recently worked together with Paul Clemens to destroy the Babel Cannon. Paul returned to New Gellif, and Bolt dropped Mercy off on Gamma 7. Lasmusi is an underworld figure, and while he and Mercy certainly aren't on the same side, they have a grudging respect for each other. Here we see that he and Mercy might be facing some problems ahead. And Roger Vincent is another trekker who partnered up with Mercy in the past. They planned to split a bounty 50-50, but in the end he collected the full bounty and left for Gamma 7. And here we see that it all came to a bad end. Next up is Trekker Transmissions, where we share listener feedback we've received. We didn't share feedback last episode because of the Ron Randall interview, so we have some catching up to do, and therefore we have comments from two episodes this time. First, before we get into comments about specific episodes, we must mention that fellow podcaster Dr. G showed his love for Trekker by creating an original digital artwork of Mercy St. Clair. It's an amazing piece, and you can find it on Facebook, Twitter, or Tumblr by searching for his Pulp to Pixel podcast, or by checking our various feeds because we share it on each of our sites. Next up, we'll cover feedback from Episode 7, The Babel Cannon, Part 2. Brian Mulvey wrote in about Episode 7 to say, I love my visits with the two of you, and I'm always amazed at how quickly the time flies during your show. I think this month's story was one of Ron's best to date. 
I love the action, pacing, and dramatic ending. I applaud you once again for picking favorite pages and panels, which I wasn't able to do. There were just so many that, for me, it was like being asked my favorite Richard Thompson album, and I can't make that choice. But I'll take the Lasmuzi page and panel where he's about to enter the darkened room to check in on his minions. Too many amazing mercy panels and pages to choose from. I really enjoyed your detailed recap of DragonCon and how fun it was to meet George Perez and have him sketch in your books. Joe Crawford also wrote in about our DragonCon summary. He said, I enjoyed the diary. A quick synopsis of the day, favorite cosplay, and which tea was worn. I always find it interesting what a person's priorities and interests are. As an example, Joe mentioned that Pants from the Comic Geek Speak podcast and Josh from the Valiant Effort podcast both went to the same convention in Connecticut, and he said it was fascinating to hear the overlap and differences in their experiences. Plus, Joe shared a link to a recommended episode of the Valiant Effort podcast, and we'll include that in our show notes because we think everyone would enjoy it. Gene Hendricks wrote in and said, I finally managed to listen to your show, even though I was a little worried that I would get lost since I've never read an issue of Trekker. Well, that proved to be a completely pointless worry since you paint a great picture of what's going on in each issue. I've enjoyed each of the episodes so far, and I'm going to have to start reading the comic. You've made me a convert. I also like how you keep everyone apprised and make everyone jealous of your convention movie and travel experiences. It sounds like you two have a wonderful time traipsing around the country. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Jean. Hearing comments like that really encourage us. We appreciate it. And next up, we have feedback from our interview with Ron Randall in Episode 8. Brian Mulvey wrote in and said, Your questions were excellent and got him started on some lengthy, in-depth answers that were so insightful and riveting for the listener. I enjoyed every minute of it and will listen again. What a delight Ron is and just such a nice man. Humble and not the least bit self-absorbed. Job well done to you and Ron. Joe Crawford wrote in about the interview saying, I really appreciate the work that both of you do on the show, and I hope more people try out Trekker and seek out Ron Randall from your efforts. I did. Dr. G wrote in and said, Keep up the good work. The last episode with the Ron Randall interview was great. You two put out a real quality product. We give a special thanks to Lori Sutton, who thought to include the Kubert School, on a retweet about the Ron Randall interview. They picked it up and in turn retweeted it. That was a great promotion. Thank you, Lori. Ruth Reese recently saw Ron Randall at Rose City Comic Con on the recommendation of her brother John Baker. Ruth commented about what a nice man Ron was. Both she and her brother John Baker have started supporting the show on social media, and John wrote in to say, I shall be a devoted listener to Trekker Talk moving forward. Thank you so much, John. We previously shared our first iTunes review from Joe Crawford, and we received two more that we can now share. The first was Finding Your Comic Joy by Dr. G, Man of Nerdology. I had not been a reader of Trekker before I listened to this podcast. Within a few episodes, I was already buying trade paperbacks of the series. Darren and Ruth make an excellent podcasting duo as they cover the art and the story in depth. Their love of the material is evident in each episode. Great work on the show. And Gene Hendricks wrote a review that started, Great stuff. I've never read an issue of Trekker, but now that I've listened to Darren and Ruth speak about it so passionately, I'm going to have to change that. The great thing about this podcast is that you don't need to have the issue in front of you to enjoy it. You get exactly what's going on with great descriptions of each page and a synopsis of the story. Trekker fan or not, if you like sci-fi comics, you'll have a good time here. We were honored to have this podcast featured in a blog post by Timothy G. Kramer, where he said listening to them and appreciating their enthusiasm as well as their eye for detail is a joy. We've mentioned his storytelling Scrutiny Squared site here before, and we'll be sure to include a link in the show notes. 
Timothy's love for Trekker is obvious, and his comments about us were very kind and generous. Plus, he did a fantastic job in his article of including links to all things Trekker. Timothy was quite interested in our interview episode with Ron Randall, and he had an interview himself with Ron Randall this month. So we encourage everyone to check out his October 9th post for 7 Questions About Trekker with Ron Randall. And while you're there, check out everything else on his site. I want to give another shout-out to Warren Montgomery, who is a frequent supporter of the podcast. He is part of a new self-publisher in Portland called Will Lil Comics. We'll include a link in the show notes so you can check it out. And thank you, Warren, for your support on social media. We were very happy to see a post on Ron Randall's Trekker Facebook page where he said, In case you haven't heard, you should check out this fan-run podcast about my favorite sci-fi bounty hunter. And he kindly shared the link to the interview episode. Plus, Ron Randall has added a link to our show at his TrekkerComic.com website. That was unbelievably generous of him. Thank you, Ron Randall. Next, we want to extend our Trekker thanks to everyone who supported us on social media since last episode. These are people who favorited or retweeted our tweets from at Trekker Talk or liked our Facebook or Tumblr pages. Thanks to everyone who took the time to share news about Trekker Talk with others. Your support really helps draw attention to the show and, best of all, helps others discover Trekker. So before we start, let us say if we miss a name, please let us know and we'll correct it in the next episode. And also, please forgive us if we mispronounce your name. Just email us and let us know and we'll be happy to correct that next episode as well. Adam Blackman, Adam Deschnell, Adam Messinger, Alexander Lopez, Andy Runton, and be sure to check out his Great Alley books. Ange, Anna Charlingham, Army of Skanks, Benjaminster Dewey, Black Suit of Death, Bounding into Comics, Brian Mulvey, Kenny Dorr, Carolyn Wallace, Charlie Johnson, Chris and Cindy Franklin, Chris Ivy, Chris Monster Mills, Coffee and Comics Blog, Comic Con Sketches, Comic Diva, Count Dracula, aka Ryan Daly, Damian Sampler, Dan O'Connor, David Gallagher, David Golding Artist, David Gutierrez, DeCine Libros, Deborah Franklin, Diablo Frank, Don Diego de la Vega, hey, it's Zorro, Dr. G. Neurologist, Ed and Terry Moore, Eli, The Film and Water Podcast, Firestorm Fan, Gene Hendricks, Guliani, Greg A., Gus Zabalios, who runs the excellent Mike Grell page on Facebook, Jaime Luis Lopez, Jeff Parker, and that's comic writer and fellow Periscope studio mate of Ron Randall, colorist Jeremy Colwell, Jeremy Scary Something, Jim Rimaldi, Joey Garza, John Baker, John Lewis, Joseph Crawford, Juan Romo Sanders, Keith G. Baker, Laurie S. Sutton, writer and former DC editor, Leela Duca, Linda Tranfeld, Luke Dobb, Lynn Chi, Michael Bailey, Michael Chen, Michael Sakal, Mike Gillis, Mike Hall, Miring Doctor Who, Neil Dees, Nugs Are Life, Odyssey Unleashed Pod, Omactivate, Only DC Comics, Pablo Ventura, Patrick Scardo, Paul Story, who did the Graphic Myths and Legends series with Ron, Periscope Studio, Professor Allen, The Pulp to Pixel Podcast, Rob Kelly, Rodrigo Garza, Rolled Spine Podcast, Ron Randall himself, Russell Burbage, Ruth Reese, Sean Ross, Star Trek Keep, Star Trek Mania, Steve Lieber, Still in Bands, Strictly Star Trek, The Hammer Strikes, The Kubert School, Tim Wallace, Timothy G. Kramer, Too Dangerous, We Are Geeks and Proud of It, Will Fish, 
and Witchfinder General. Thank you all so much. It's time for the Trekker Toast Award, where we recognize someone who has gone above and beyond in supporting Trekker Talk. After discovering the podcast, this person quickly connected with us on social media. He has helped promote the podcast and has recommended the Trekker books to fellow comic fans, and he wrote our very first iTunes review. He regularly sends in comments and shares about the show on Twitter, Tumblr, and Facebook. He is an avid comic reader, and we are happy that he added Trekker to his collection. So we lift our glasses and give a thankful Trekker toast to Joe Crawford. Thanks, Joe. We really appreciate you and everything that you do for Trekker. And we'll be back after we play some promos for comic-related podcasts you may enjoy. Greetings, podcast listener. Do you like... Or maybe... Dragon Flame! How about... Or... In the year 1999, an abandoned alien battle fortress crash-landed on the planet Earth. Our most brilliant scientists and engineers spent the next 10 years reconstructing the damaged ship and studying its highly advanced space technology called Robotech. Do you remember... Our Star Blazers! Or this... The year is after Colony 195. As the world constantly changes in the chaotic era... There are two mobile suits that could turn humans into the ultimate weapon. The Wing Zero and the Epion. Or maybe even this. After the desire for blood pools all, the only hope left is the one they call D. Or this. Gene, grappler ships dead ahead! It wouldn't be fun otherwise. Let's do it! Or... If Cardus is allowed to be reborn, she'll destroy Marmo as well as Lodos. Or have you seen the latest episode of... And just like that, everything changed. At that terrible moment, in our hearts, we knew... Home was a pen. Humanity, cattle. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out Anime Freaks, hosted by Dr. Bill Robinson and me, Gene Hendricks. Anime Freaks is a monthly podcast covering all things anime. It is available at 2TrueFreaks.com and on iTunes under 2TrueFreaks Presents Anime Freaks. It's time for What's Up when we talk about other things going on outside the world of Trekker. We've been celebrating our love of the works of J.R.R. Tolkien and the movies of Peter Jackson recently. The extended editions of the three Hobbit movies were in cinemas in October. Each movie was in theaters for one day only over a two-week period, and we went out to see all of them. Certainly these movies aren't perfect, but they are good and filled with great adventure, spectacular scenery, and fine performances from Martin Freeman as Bilbo and Richard Armitage as Thorin. And it was wonderful to see Christopher Lee back as Saruman, knowing that he was a big fan of Tolkien's work. Some of our favorite scenes include the opening sequence in Hobbiton when the dwarves arrive. Lots of fun. And the riddles in the dark sequence with Gollum was great. The attack by the wargs and the rescue by the eagles was an amazing way to end the first film. Oh, and the attack by the spiders in the second movie was scary. And I love the wonderful scenes of the woodland elves, followed by their barrel ride down the river. And Bilbo's word game with Smog the Dragon was very clever. But those very sad deaths make the ending of the book and the movies bittersweet. 
I know some people complained that one book was stretched into three movies, but I honestly think that criticism's a little unfair. Most of the stuff that was added to the movies wasn't solely made up by Peter Jackson, but was instead in the appendices of The Lord of the Rings, where Tolkien himself expanded the story of The Hobbit, adding The White Council, The Battle of Dol Guldor, and Gandalf's meeting with Thrain. All of those scenes look great on film, and it added so much to the story that it would have been a shame to leave them out of the movies. Yes, Legolas was not in the book, but his father Thranduil was, and since elves are long-lived, it made perfect sense to add him to the movies. And yes, Peter Jackson did add the character of Tariel, but this isn't the 1930s, and I personally liked having a strong female in the story, and I thought Evangeline Lilly did a great job with the role. We thoroughly enjoyed getting to see the extended editions with the additional footage on the big screen. Most of the new scenes added details that made the movies seem even more enjoyable. With the one exception of the additional Goblin song in the first movie, it sounded much too modern and just didn't fit the tone of the movies. That's the one new scene that I wish had been left out of the extended editions. And the one scene I think is still missing from the extended editions is Gandalf and Bilbo stopping at the Troll Cave on their way back to Hobbiton. That scene could have easily been added to the ending montage and would fit nicely since Bilbo is suddenly carrying the chest of gold from the Troll Cave in his final scenes. All in all, it was a great time at the cinema watching these fun movies. And getting to see lots of nice scenes showing off just how beautiful New Zealand is. Yeah, that's definitely a bonus. Great time. Before we wrap up, we want to share that the day we are recording this, Ron Randall is at ZapCon in Fresno, where he tweeted out earlier today that he was pleased and surprised to see that his version of the ZapCon mascot was used for the cover of the convention booklet. It's a great illustration, so be sure to look through the Twitter feed to see a picture. Also, at the beginning of this program, we mentioned that we have four color prints of Mercy St. Clair to give away over the next four episodes, so we're going to try to have a few fun contests and wish everyone the best of luck. Entering to win the first print is simple. We're looking to get as many people as possible to share about our show. So, to enter, we're asking that you create your own original tweet, tumble, or Facebook post promoting Trekker Talk and sharing a link to our show. That's all you have to do. Just make sure you tag us in the post so that we see it. We'll message you back to confirm that your name has been put into the drawing. So if you do a post and don't hear from us within a couple of days, please message us directly. We don't want to miss including anyone's name in the drawing. We will have pictures of each of the four prints on our Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr pages. And the winner each episode will get to choose from available prints. Good luck to everyone, and we hope you enjoy the contest. Before we go, we want to provide our contact information. Please let us know your thoughts through email, Facebook, or Twitter. Also, if you like the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes and Stitcher. Those are excellent ways to help get the show noticed and hopefully attract more listeners and grow Trekker fandom. And please consider subscribing to the show so you always know when there's a new episode. We'd love to hear from you, so if you want to contact us directly, send us email at trekkertalk at gmail.com. We're at facebook.com slash trekkertalk. On Twitter, we're at trekkertalk. And we're on Tumblr at trekkertalk.tumblr.com. And also, we've added the website trekkertalk.com, so you can go there to find links to all the other ways to follow us. When you're posting on social media, please consider using the hashtags TrekkerComic and TrekkerTalk in your messages to help other fans find and follow the conversation. For those of you interested in the music that Ron Randall listens to while working on Trekker, he uses the hashtag TrekkerSoundtrack. If you have ideas for other hashtags for Trekker or Mercy, please let us know and we'll share them. 
Remember, at trekkercomic.com, you'll find a new page every Monday, as well as links to all of the ways that you can find Ron Randall on Facebook, to Twitter, to Tumblr, and he often responds to posts on his Facebook page and his Patreon site. So post to his pages and let him and other fans know what you think of his new Trekker pages. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll come back next month for another new episode of Trekker Talk. or Ron Randall. The views expressed on the show are solely ours. Music is taken from the album Royalty Free Music Movies and Videos from the Royalty Free Music Club. Sound effects are taken from the album's Cartoon Sound Effects, Space Weapons and Lasers, Hollywood Sound Effects Volume 4, and Number One Sound Effects for Movies, TV, and Websites. We make no money from this podcast and no copyright infringement is intended. Thank you.